it's cool. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Anthony Trapney. I'm from a band Odious Mortem and Severed Savior, and uh, I put together a podcast with my friends Joseph K and Casey Howard. This is the Cali Death Podcast, episode number one. Of course, with uh, California death metal as the main uh, focus of this podcast, who better to bring on for our first episode? The pioneers of California death metal, Deeds of Flesh. We got Mike Hamilton and we got Jacoby Kingston. What's what going up? on, dudes? How's it going, fellas? Uh, you know, What's doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, honored, man. as we all know, like we're all part of the California scene and California has its own signature style of death metal. So, or extreme metal, let's just say that because, uh, yeah. you know, we've, we're all in bands that have been pushing the boundaries and, uh, you know, we're just part of that big circle as well. So it's honor to be a part of it, you know, and, uh, we're glad that, uh, you know, we've been able to, uh, have a career this long doing it. So yeah, dude, definitely. And I mean, it's like, the the staple that that band specifically has done for the scene too i mean we got you know the scourge going back really early too but it's like for me like my my one band that i was like oh yeah this represents california death metal it was deeds of flesh dude coming awesome. across you know trading pieces path of the weakening you know gradually melted all that for those first three and then uh you know coming across vile later on and realizing that you were the drummer on the later albums i was like okay so and then you see this the style totally just it's like nitrous hit and and it just took off you know <laughs> yeah well no i mean for me personally my first like introduction to deeds was we played a show with them that uh, our mutual friend steve miller set up when i, when I was in vile and uh he had an ex like extremities magazine going on and he was good friends with Jacoby and uh, Eric and set it up in San Francisco. I think was like the transmission theater, something like that. And uh, I just remember watching these guys. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, what are they even doing? It's like, you know, just mind blowing It's the tempos and the, the crazy ass time changes. And, you know, vile is more kind of cannibal corpse, morbid angel worshipers, like groovy. And I was just like, that shit is fucking insane. And so that was my first impression was like, whatever they're doing i don't understand what they're doing right now but i fucking like it and i want to be a part of it so you know it was killer that's funny the, the first time i saw mike um <clears throat> i don't know if it was at the transmission theater i thought it was that show we played in the valley in that weird place in tulare because i remember I, I remember seeing mike play and i was like damn dude that guy's got six oh stuff. actually that might actually that might be the first show yeah, you're right. The Tulare Death Fest out there. Because I remember Long meeting Fest. you there for the first time and going, yeah, 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 "Dude, yeah. you're sick!" And you're and you were like, "Yeah, you guys are sick too." And we were so all how old? Like, are, how old are you guys at this time? Uh, oh, this is like '97. I want to say, yeah, maybe '96, '97. Yeah. I was in I was in eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, <clears throat> me too. Yeah, first grade. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 25 or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think we were like early 20s, but yeah, yeah it was us. I think it was uh, Infamy. It was, I think, Exune played, DJ Flash. So. And I forget the name of that, the band that set it all up. The um, Yeah, it was a band from like Tulare or something. that area that set yeah. the whole festival up. But yeah, that was, it was pretty cool. It was out in the middle Crazy of nowhere. Crazy that but... you would uh, move on to be in two of those bands on that bill. Yeah. Exune yeah, I know. And I know, it was crazy. It's cool, you know, it's one of those uh, those Bay Area, like, you know, I'm 
pretty loyal to Bay Area. So it's like yeah. I've been offered bands and, you know, obviously when you're in a band, always everybody wants to just steal you from their band. But I've been pretty loyal to the <laughs> bands that I'm in. I'm not one of those drummers for hire. I don't really do a lot. I just stick with one band, stay with that band until, you know, move on. Totally, so. totally dude. Um, uh, so since we're talking about when you guys met, I mean, that's that's a little further in the story. So I kind of wanted to get to like, you know, both your guys's beginnings in music and, and what interested, what, what pushed you towards metal? Who was the person who got you into metal? Like all that kind of stuff. I want to hear all that. All right. well, go ahead, go Jacoby. First. All right. I'll go first. Uh, I was like 14 and we were listening to Bay area thrash metal and that's what we wanted to do. Me and my buddies, we wanted to start a band doing thrash metal. So, um, you know, like four of us got together. We wrote a few riffs. None of us knew any music. None of us knew any notes or anything like that. We just, you know, one friend grabbed a guitar. The other friend played some drums and I grabbed the easiest thing I could find, which was the bass. <laughs> Cause I was just lazy. And uh, we started writing tunes and we were just kids and we started a garage band and it was, I mean, we played a ton of shows, but they were just, you know, like parties and stuff. And it was fun. Um, and we were almost leaning towards death metal, but it was thrashy death metal, really. It wasn't even really death metal, but we had a few blast beats in it, you know, because just, you know, I don't know. And then uh, one day, this guy, Greg Gard, he's like this infamous drummer from where I live. Uh, <clears throat> he was always a super death metal guy. He gave me obituaries, slowly we rot. And that's when my mind just kind of turned. I was like, dude that's some sick stuff right there. That's what I want to do right there. And ever since I heard that album, my musical taste kind of darkened, you know, and, and, and I, and I kind of looked at that first band as kind of, you know, more of a, well, you know, this is fun, but it's not really what I want to do. And then I met Eric because he was in another band called Charlie Christ and they weren't really death metal either. They were kind of thrashy as well. They were more like creator, I would say. Um, and then he and I just started hanging out and listening to stuff, showing each other stuff. You know, he would show me gore guts and then I showed up with like uh, suffocation or something. And we would just be like geeking out on these old bands that were just super sick at the time. And we were just sitting around going, dude, this is what I want to play. And, 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 uh, he looks at me one day, he's like, well, dude, you got a fast drummer. Let's get him over and let's jam. I'm like, yeah, totally. Let's do that. And so we got, you know, brought all our stuff together, got in his garage and wrote three minute crawl space in one session, which is crazy. And right then we knew it was like, okay, we got to do this. We got to quit what we're doing on the, you know, we can't make this a side project. We got to go all in. And, and that's kind of how it happened. Awesome. One song and the first rehearsal. And it was like, I think we jammed for like four hours straight and it, it felt like an hour, you know what I mean? So it just, it yeah. felt, immediately right and then after that it was like all right cool and at the time i was just a bass player i'd never done any vocals or anything and eric's like all right well you're gonna do vocals and i'm gonna do vocals and i'm like what i don't do that and he's like dude it's easy just play a riff and growl i'm like well yeah i could probably do that and so i had to like learn how to do vocals and play at the same time and he already knew he was like super honed at it so a lot of that earlier stuff, he did more vocals than I did just because he was better at it. You know, he was, he was more used to playing and singing. It took me a few albums to actually get that down pretty well, but you know, I would say past inbreeding, I was pretty well versed at it and it was super easy for me after that, but it took some time to get there. But uh, 
Yeah. So that's kind of how we started. Um, we wrote the four songs gradually melted. I think there was actually six songs, but we ended up tossing two of them out and just uh, recorded the four songs because, uh, the label that was kind of interested in us wild rags down in East LA, they were yeah. telling us no, just four songs. That's all we want. And so we went into this place called Ed Sandor's studio and recorded the four songs, one take all the way through. There was no splicing back then. And uh, yeah, it came out on wild rags as a cassette tape and just kind of, we were doing the whole snail mail thing with internal bleeding and all those dying fetus and all the guys that were around at that time doing the snail mail thing. And, and we just started getting our name out through the snail mail channels and started playing shows down in LA. And it just grew from there. I remember playing our first show with Disgorge, and I was outside of the showcase theater, just sitting out there smoking a cigarette or something. And I heard this, I heard them come on. I was like, Holy crap. What is that? And I just turned around. I just saw Maddie's, you know, whirlwind going. I was like, dang, dude, those guys are sick. And I, I immediately went in and watched their right. whole set. And at the end, I was like, I went, ran right up to Maddie. I was like, dude, here's our demo tape. You know, and, and he's like, oh, dude, I know who you guys are. You guys are sick. And like, it was like instant friendship after that. And, you know, I'd even go down to San Diego and hang out with them dudes and stuff. It was pretty cool. But uh, it was, it's just weird. It's, it's almost like a brotherhood. You know, when you get into this, it's like yeah, death metal dudes are the coolest dudes I know because they get all their aggression out in the music. <laughs> That's why we started yeah. this podcast in the first place, because yeah. of all the guys we we've acquired throughout the years, you know, in our scene. And it's just like, I feel a, a strong connection with so many of you guys years sure. later, even if we don't even talk to each other, like it, we, we all <laughs> lived on the road for a month, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Totally. Early 2000s, you know? And it's just like, we'd see That's each so other fun. every single day. We'd fucking hacky sack <laughs> as soon as we got all our responsibilities <laughs> out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, so sorry, keep going on. No, I was just, I mean, I think that's what I missed over the 13 years I was retired was just the friendships I had, you know, I was like, I felt like I was missing something. I was like, man, I miss all those old buddies, you know? And so, I mean, I think the most exciting thing about me coming back into the fold is I just get to talk to my old friends again. It's, it's cool, man. Like yeah. Bob Cock from disavowed, you know, he, yeah. he, he texted me one day and I was like, Whoa, man, Bob, how's it going, dude? And it was just, it's, you know, it's cool. <laughs> totally. So now, you guys got to the part where you guys met up and stuff. Uh, so what was the thing? Did you approach deeds, Mike, or did deeds approach you? Well, the way that that all went down, well, first we can go back to like my musical history was big. I grew up yeah. in the Bay area. So yeah. um, being a teenager in the Bay area, when Exodus and Testament and, you know, all those Bay area thrash bands were at their you know beginning of their career. Those are the bands that I looked up to. So I started off like Jacoby started off playing thrash, um, you know, in high school. And then uh, met some few friends in high school. We jammed, um, you know, just young kids just trying to hone our craft, get good at what we're, you know, at our instrument and uh didn't really get into a serious band until probably two years after high school and uh, it was a band called Mindlock that we set up and it was kind of like copied off of malevolent creation meets sepultura meets sadist meets like obituary so it's kind of like a combination of that and as we started venturing into more death metal bands you know we started you know getting a heavier sound ourselves um kind of got to lock was it yeah mind lock lock and lock yeah okay. it's, we basically borrowed it from a malevolent creation song off of yeah. Uh, yeah, retribution, but uh, Sweet. but I, I love that album. 
Yeah. As we <laughs> yeah. started getting into more, you know, heavier stuff like, you know, pestilence and gore guts and morbid angel, all the, all the Florida death metal bands were like, okay, that's the sound that we want to go for. And in our small town of Fairfield, we didn't have that. You know, we had like maybe three good players and, you know, four or five good players and three of them were in my band. So it's like, well, we either got to venture out and look in the Bay Area and try to find some other guys that want to do this style or, you know, just either call it quits. So at that time, we had a mutual friend, Tilo. Um, he does sound for Exodus and shit. He uh, introduced me and Jimmy T to Colin and Juan from Vile. They had a band in the Bay Area called, um, I think, uh, entropy or something like that and they couldn't find the right players for their band we couldn't find the right players for our band so we just got together did a jam one day and like jacoby said we just we jammed for like four hours and just seemed like an hour and we knew the chemistry was there and so we're like well let's just form a band so that's how vile formed and then uh wrote a bunch of stuff with vile and you know around 97 i think it was deeds and vile did like a little west coast tour ended up going over to texas and played a festival in texas with like devourment and you know a couple other stick bands from the texas area and then that's when we kind of really like started recognizing each other we we heard of each other didn't really like play shows together until like that and we did the show in tulare did the show in san francisco we said all right let's go ahead and do a tour so i think eric and jacoby booked that tour but uh we ended up doing that short little run and then at that time they had brad in the band and like brad was kind of on a different page than eric and jacoby and that's when uh, Eric approached me like, Hey man, you know, we're, we'd like to ask you if you'd be interested in joining our band. And at the time I was just like, fuck man, I just started Vile. You know, we're kind of doing good. We got some momentum going. We only got like two demos. We're scheduled to record a record and, you know, we got interest from relapse. So I don't really know, you know, if I, I mean, I, I would do a tour with you, but I don't know about joining the band. So Eric was just like, well, you know, just think about it, you know? So I thought about yeah. it and then, a couple of, like months later, you know, I started seeing a trend like Jimmy T went to Deeds. And so that was kind of a, you know, a bit of a hit. And I think that's when they actually approached me because they asked Jimmy T to join the band. I think that's how it went, right? J- Jimmy T had a knife to your side and he's like, you're going to join the band. Oh, yeah. Or I'm going to cut you in half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Jimmy, wanted- Jimmy T was like, dude, we got to get Hamilton in this band. He's like, yeah. I can get him. I can get him in the band. Yeah. And, I, and me and Eric were like, hell yeah, go get him. Go get him. You know, yeah. we, because we wanted you in the band because we, we had been on the road with you and we knew how you were on the road and your work ethic and everything. And we were just like, you know, yeah, we wanted you in the band bad, but we didn't want to steal you from Vile at the same right. time because we respected you guys immensely. Sure. So it was like, it was kind of a two edged thing. And it was like, well, maybe he can just come down and, you know, kind of join the band, but still be in Vile. And, and, and I think it was you that said, well, I'm either going to do one or the other. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. just, I'm not going to just do both. Yeah. Well, that was the point where like you just, you did Path of the Weakening and Joey just, you know, did the album. He wasn't able yeah. to tour. And so you yeah. guys are pretty much left without a drummer. And I don't, it was always in the back of my mind, like, damn, you know, I could have this opportunity with D's. I could learn a new style of drumming. You know, I could be back with Jimmy T in a band and, you know, Jacoby and Eric are awesome dudes, but I didn't want to quit Vile. And then I started seeing like kind of the writing was on the wall with Vile where one of the guitar players was married. He was going to move out of town and Juan didn't want to, really tour anymore he just wanted to do studio work because he just built a studio and you know he wanted to just stay home and record bands and I'm just like well, shit you know now we're gonna have to re you know form the whole band and you know I just felt like this band has potential but like I don't think it's gonna go as far as I want it to go with the band but I could see like the writing on the wall is like if I join Deeds I can just learn the material and we're just like on the road already so 
for me, it was a no brainer. It's going to be challenged as a drummer and work in a more established professional band with, you know, more of that, that mindset for, you know, work ethic and tour and write records. So, you know, went down and started learning the songs for basically all the songs on path of the weakening and realized like, wow, this is killer. It's challenging. And it's totally just like new to me, new style of drumming. So it's like, you know, after a couple of rehearsals, you know, we did like, I went down there for a weekend and we did like Saturday, Sunday rehearsals and Sunday rehearsal. I'm just like, in my heart, I'm just like, I knew I was already committed. I was like, all right, I'm in. Go. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, I'm down, let's do this. Um, I'm ready to go. And then, you know, went back to the Bay area and unfortunately had to tell the guys in vile, like, Hey man, I'm stepping down, you know, I'm going to join D's and they weren't too happy about it, but you know, sometimes you got to do the best thing for yourself. And for me, that was the best thing because, you know, just get out of the Bay area, just go, just get myself, you know, in the, this mindset was for like, you know, individuals that want to do the same thing I want to do and the work ethics there. And so, yeah, yeah. packed my shit, moved down there, and it's like never look back, you know. So, awesome. you know, we first started jamming, you know, it was crazy. It's like we're, you know, these guys wanting to jam like six, seven days a week, four hours a day, and yeah, that yeah. was like, I mean, we're in a little town, Los Osos. It's a surf town, you know. It's like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do on the Central Coast, but it's not like L.A. or San Francisco where there's all the distractions. So we were able so to stay the, focused. Um, the property that Eric was at during the bloodletting with um uh severed was it severed spawn gorgasm and pyemia yeah that was a property that um belonged to a, a friend of ours at the time his name was johnny but um when we first Big, moved down it was a we had a house on fifth street and we had a the garage was our rehearsal room so so was that the place that that you you moved to or were you yeah. living with eric yeah. there yeah yep. moved in okay. with eric and then yeah at that time we just moved in with him and it was just like you know, rent the room out of the house. And we're just like, all right, cool. It's just like, it just felt more like a cohesive band. Everybody had the same mindset, you know, every yeah. day yeah. You know, we were working for the betterment of the band and just writing music. And, you know, Eric is one of those guys like show up to practice. Don't be calling in late. Don't be, you know, it's like, he was. <laughs> I remember those times. Slave driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just driven. The guy was just driven. Well, I mean, honestly, I, that's, I attest that to being, you know, that helped me just getting on my kit every day and just, having Eric and Jacoby push me, you know, just that's what helped me, you know, get the tempos and just hone my craft, you know? Totally. So, well, I, awesome. I gotta, I gotta mention something. Uh, before Mike came, we tried out Ricky. It, it just, it didn't work out because of his timing was so different from ours. And he just, it, it, he didn't, he didn't gel. Our styles didn't gel. We tried out uh, the guy from cataclysm, uh, the Indian dude, he's a gnarly drummer, badass drummer, but he was just something was going on there. Um, he got in trouble a few times. <laughs> um, and I think his girlfriend ended up dragging him away. And then, uh, God, we tried out a bunch of guys and it was never, it never felt right. Um, and they were just trying to learn, you know, some of the path stuff and it just, it didn't feel right. And then Mike came down and like immediately it was like, oh, he's got it. It's, it's right in his wheelhouse and the style is there. And it was just, it was so easy. And it took, a, it took a lot of guys going through a lot of guys to just know, like when Mike showed up, it was like, that's it. That's he's the guy we, yeah. we gotta, we gotta have Mike. Yeah. It, it just felt locked. You know, it's like, we're all on the same page. <laughs> it was a, you know, different style than vile, of course, like vile is pretty four, four and pretty, you know, they have, 
predictable changes when I got down. Jacoby's like, all right, you ready to get challenged? I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because it's like you know it was a totally different style and it, it took you know a couple of weeks to like kind of really just get it down but once i got it down i was like okay i see the formula i see what they're doing here and it's just you know that start start stop you know style it's just like pretty pretty crazy but once you get it it's like you get it so seven yeah. times here three times there four and five and six yeah two well, and yeah. one yeah. yeah well eric yeah, he, yeah joseph, he, joseph's version he has to deal with is 10 11 10 14 10 11 10 or something yeah, yeah a lot of those <laughs> the scored shit yeah, yeah we have yeah talk about 10 that. seven nines 11 sixes threes every now and then an eight just to like you know just to, yeah just for the group part but just only for like two bars and <laughs> you're out <laughs> well the second death metal show I, I ever went to i was like 17 was at the 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 corona show case with oh. you guys like bloodletting one nice and so that was the path and that was just sick i was like whoa this is awesome yeah that was that yeah. was those were always good shows at the showcase yeah man. right and then we were playing with you guys years later we were so honored we were like i remember when we found out we we're going to play those first shows with you before the the bloodletting tour we did we were just like so stoked. We like partied about it. We were like, oh my God, we're going to play with Deeds. Ah. That was actually a conversation <laughs> so stoked, we had recently, dude. Casey. Like, I never yeah. got confirmation. Was those... So we did the blood lending with you guys, but there was an also, there was like three or four off dates that just Odious and Deeds did together. We did Knitting Factory. Uh, yeah, it worked out like that. And we were very happy. And about I don't it. know if, did was that before yeah. or after, after that blood? No, it was before, before blood. It was so. before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. was so cool. It was like Knitting Factory, and then totally what was the dude. other one we did. We, we, like, yeah, we played two different rooms at the Knitting Factory with Deeds. We got the it was like showcase, I think. front stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun. Both, yeah. Both yeah. Shows, are closed now. I think now that those videos yeah, they closed yeah. down. I don't know what it is yeah. now, but and the Knitting Factory, yeah. huh? Wow. Yeah, it's been closed for a while. Oh really? I didn't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, Dan Kenny asked already. You guys have answered it basically, but he asked. Uh, I always wanted to know how the switch from Vial to Deeds was musically and personally. So I think Mike, Mike. already pretty much yeah, it's, that. it was just you know it's just two different styles of death metal. Yeah. Um, you know where Vial obviously is like the groove oriented kind of you know Colin tend to kind of hang on a riff for you know yeah it's just like you keep your head going this way yeah. and the drums just kept changing whereas with Deeds it's just like well it is you know everything's changing all the time and just like keep <laughs> keep you guessing so. It's good though. It was, it was a good change. I think I, I've had this experience where once you join a band, you kind of live with the music going in your head all the time. You're mentally rehearsing like 24 sure. seven. So every time you're doing something else, you're also like thinking through the, the music. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I slept really well for 13 years and <laughs> five months. I can't freaking sleep at all. Yeah. Also Lily, Oh, sorry. No, I was saying I was I was telling Jacoby, it's like, you know, I haven't played this material for such a long time. And every now and then I'll listen to some of the older stuff or I'll watch a video and it's like, it's all there. I just remember every riff, every change, how to play it. It's just, you know, getting behind the kit and the muscle memory once you get that down. But it's like, let's learn those those songs. They never leave your head, you know? It's still in there. Yeah. 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 Just taking up fucking space. Speaking of watching of old videos, (laughs) I watched an old video of you guys. I don't know if it was, it was really early. It was you guys were so young dude and it was in a small room i don't know if it might have been a practice space but it was like there was yeah that was in arizona you're up on a riser jared's playing second guitar yeah eric and jacoby yeah, is actually was, the closest to the camera yeah. dude no. what a wicked set dude that was 
<laughs> yeah. So the story behind that is we yeah. um, we had a tour that we had booked and we we're supposed to play a venue in Arizona. And uh, we got to the venue and like the old days, you know, we just had a map and a phone. We'd, we'd go to a pay phone and call the promoter. Hey, man, we're here. Meet us at the venue. Uh, couldn't get a hold of the guy. Guy just blew us off, basically. I don't know. If the, so the show fell through. And one of the guys, um, I think it was Evil Dave. It was his rehearsal spot in Arizona. And he's like, well, I got a rehearsal spot. You know, you guys come back and play my rehearsal spot. We'll just get everybody that was going to go to the show and just come over here and hang out at my, my rehearsal spot. So we said, fuck it, let's do it. So us, Cephalic Carnage, Mortal Decay, and Disgorge all played our set. In that in, room? In that room. It was badass. So we had, it was just packed, like, you know, full of people and just drinking beers and it was fun, man. Dude, there, there was other bands down the hall going off too. It was yeah. like a full on party. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, yeah, you go dude. to a different room, you'd be in a different band. It was, it was fun, dude. It was, yeah. I'm kind of glad the show got canceled. Yeah. That, that memory's like burned. Yeah, for sure. That was a good one. That's great. Oh, totally. Yeah. Severed has a similar story. Before I was in the band, they were playing a, a festival in my hometown, Pacifica. And uh, it, it was an outdoor thing and the cops canceled, you know, they shut it down before Severed even got close to playing. So we all went to South City to our rehearsal spot where Severed and Carnivorous were jamming. And we it was, fuck, I think we might've brought just a, a band that I don't know if any of you guys know. It's just a small grind band called Maggot Colony. And um carnivorous played that day too but as soon as carnivorous started setting up everybody left the rehearsal uh -huh. <laughs> so we played for one guy my tattoo artist and then after that he was like dude your vocals didn't sound very good <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude i'm just starting dude that was my first time i even played that played death metal in front of people was that yeah, day so and it was one guy who told me my shit sucks. Well, hey, you know what that says? That says you got the backbone to, to get back off the ground. And yeah, keep dude. No, that's the, the kick in the pants that yep. you know Mikey, Mikey's talking about as well. It's like you get your kick in the pants one way or the, the other. Are you going yeah. to act on it or not, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's character building shit. You know, you can just go there and be like, oh, fuck it. There's only 20 people here. I'm not playing. It's like there's 20 people here. You know what I mean? You, you're yeah. just going to discredit those people. Those are the people that showed yeah. up. So you play for the people that showed up. Mm -hmm. you don't play Absolutely. for the people. Don't play for the people that decided not to go to your show and sit exactly. at home. Like remember so. Rochester? It was like yeah. the, the date got wrong or something. Colin, or I don't know what happened, but like there was a, whatever. We ended up playing and it was like a couple people there or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that, it was I'll, so fun though. It was a yeah. great show. You know, those are the shows cool that, venue. you know, you, you're just like you plan, yeah. just you know, just to stay warm and 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 just to because that's your commitment. You know, you stay committed to yeah. your word. And like I'm playing the show. If there's 50 people here, if there's 300 people here, I'm still playing the show. You know, when you I mean? drove all the way out there, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's like what are you else going to do? You know, yeah, absolutely. Are you talking? That wasn't was it Rochester that we had to try and chase down the promoter? Not I don't remember. All, like all, all I know is there is and all that shit. Every once in a while, you know, those venue changes kind of pop up, and those are always yeah. fun. And so there was one of those, and uh, something like no, that, that was Saratoga Springs, dude. Rochester, oh yeah, uh, Rochester like yeah. was like a, a little arcade or something that we were playing at. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, they all blend together, you know. I know, dude. But, dude. I was gonna, oh, dude, I, I have totally a question, forgot, dude. I was gonna wear my tour pass. We were gonna oh, wear I got my tour pass. I got my tour <laughs> pass right here, dude. I got it. Oh, I totally left mine upstairs, dude. I'm this, well, I still I, get I up found to this like all recently. Go grab it real quick. Oh, that was yeah. the, nice. the bloodletting, yeah, yeah, dude. I was so. There's all the dates, that, whatever. You know, that's fun. Nice, <laughs> sick.
I need that thing to remind me of all the dates because I can't remember yeah, them all. I know. So many shows, dude. It's crazy. I had a question for Jacoby and you guys like about like the gradually melted like demo or was that released as, as a demo or was it like demo? A- it was a cassette demo. That was originally how it was released and it did so well that uh, he decided to put it on CD because back then I guess getting on CD was a big deal. So he decided to re-release it as a CD um and yeah i got a copy of that on cd i don't have the tape i love that recording dude. i fucking love that shit. yeah i love that, that was ed like, sandor that was real to real that was one take yeah, stuff okay right there. it sounds yeah. real to real i had a feeling yeah. dude no yeah. drum edits no nothing i know that it's, yeah, that's what raw. i love about and it, what's up with that brr, 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 he does on the kicks that like crazy the, little the breathing what the hell that's, that's, the that's, that's, yeah. that's just joey yeah, yeah, the damn, that yeah. guy is so amazing. I've never seen him play, but I have so yeah. much respect for him. If he, uh, you know, if, if he would have had his whole heart into death metal, he could have been something super special. But he, he, you know, he wanted to fly helicopters, man. That was like his That's calling. Cool. So he yeah. he took his ability to move all four limbs and, and, yeah. and flew yeah. with it instead of drummed with it. So crazy. But, but you know what? It's all the better because, I mean, like Mike's like my best friend of all time. So I, I never probably would have been in a band with him had Joey stayed yeah. in. So I'm Mike, actually glad, dude. I've always yeah, like, I've watched shit. you play so many times and just been like, God, dude, like machine. You're like the tightest <laughs> drummer I've like ever seen. I mean, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else that. If, I mean, there's a lot of great drummers. I just, just you a, know. you're just tight as can be, man. You yeah. You just, it's, it's, it's a Sick. testament to really just being locked in with the members in your band. And I think it's a yeah. testament to being, you know, the, the old school way of practicing rehearsing where you just get a bunch of dudes in a, in a room and you just, you know, you know, once you form that brotherhood with those guys, the music just, you could tell in the music, it just gels even more. You know what I mean? Cause you're like, you're working as a team as opposed to like nowadays with, you know, not saying anything bad about the way the scene is now, but just, you don't have that old school work ethic where everybody rehearses on their own. Now they're, you know, kind of just, you know, living in different cities and, you know, right. yeah, yeah it's just, it's a testament to just locking yourself in a room and just fucking putting in the hours, you know, six I mean? days a week. <laughs> I remember that the times like six hours a day, six days a week. Dude. Yeah. 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 Me and Jacoby would be in Avila. We're drinking a beer on the pier. It's like, all right, dude, are you going to call Eric or am I going to call Eric? <laughs> <laughs> like we want to jam six times this week, man. Do we really need another rehearsal? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we got it. We don't have yeah. any shows coming up. We're just it's writing new material. It's like, That's awesome. That's, I mean, that kind of plays towards what we were, what me and Casey have talked about many a times, dude, is that, that that flow state when you're in the jam yeah. space with with other humans that are in that same state with you and it it becomes like this whole thing and then you you're almost outside of it as it's happening in right. the moment you know and everybody's oh. looking at each other like oh shit we're we're in this right now you know yeah, yeah. one that, of the best feelings fun, in the man. world man is when you write that signature riff for the first time and you're like oh dude that's sick play it again mm. play it again play it again and, and you just get that feeling of just goosebumps and that that's mm. like that's yeah, the that's funnest chasing, dude. one of the funnest things in life man for yeah, sure you get, you get that one riff that just drives the ideas for an entire song it's insane it's fucking yeah cool. for sure and then with the deep style the classic d styles you just never repeat it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, just write about 15 of those riffs and then the song's done it's seven minutes long all right cool <laughs> yeah uh, endurance yeah, oh, yeah. yeah we actually 
Did you ever? We never played it live, but we did rehearse that thing and we got it down. Like we used to play that in rehearsal. I just remember, okay, here we go. We're playing. Here we go. Yep. Here we go. So did, that, so cool. did, did you guys originally have the idea to write a, a, a song of that length or did it just eventually evolve? It just kept building. That? Yeah. yeah. I, Eric was always about doing no repeater songs. I mean, Jacoby were like, dude, you got to have like some, you know, repeat some parts to get people into the song. But Eric's just a couple like, hooks. Yeah, some hooks, but. That wasn't the way we wrote, you know, but Eric just kept building it. You know, we all just kept building it, kept building it. And next thing we know, it's like 11 minute plus, you know, long. And we're just like, okay, I think that's, that's probably pretty good. I think we could stop right there. <laughs> it was actually I mean, a you guys... question about that song. Yeah, go for it, dude. It, it was literally just how long did it take to create such a mania is how the, the question was phrased. But you pretty much just answered yeah. it you're, you're answering all these questions that fans had they're just oh, okay. organically coming up so well when when you're in a jam room six days a week for a couple hours a day i mean you just <laughs> it didn't take that long to write you would think it takes long to write but it, it took longer to practice and get it right you know what yeah, i mean because we sure. had the riffs pretty much written but just getting it all into one big piece and playing it all together well that that was tough but um we did it. We got it there. We recorded it and then we never played it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, we never, we never recorded our rehearsals. Everything we've ever yeah. done is going to blow your mind is all memory. We never wrote yeah. anything down. Eric didn't write tab for any of the songs. No. We just, every, everything that we played was just solely memory, which is crazy. Wow. But that, yeah. that comes when you don't know much about music and you, yeah. and you got to use your memory to memorize stuff. Yeah. yeah so, we didn't write structured style music. You know, I know Casey, you're very versed in writing and reading. Yeah, but music. That's like really amazing to, to, I mean, it, whatever it takes to learn that music, you know, but like, that's some of the most technical, awesome, but like, it's, it's not just technical. Like it's like, you know, there's trading pieces and then there's inbreeding and, and like, the, and then path, you know, like, like the different forms of like kind of style and stuff. But like, yeah. and I grew up, I mean, in high school, we were like totally into that stuff before, you know, me and David from Odie, like we, we were in the same grade and in high school, we were 17, 18, we were just like, dudes flush and, you know, all these <laughs> bands and stuff. And, you know, and of course, Suffo and like, you know, sure. Legion, all that technical, we were like super into that. And, and uh, the thing for me is that it's always been so well written like and it's not just technical it's like so cool it's like dude that's the craziest thing i've like ever heard it's so I, good i remember yeah. back in the day um i'm trying to remember what album it was oh gosh it was one of the earlier albums this guy gave us a horrible review he said this is such crap i don't understand what they're doing and then near the end of the view near the end of the in, uh, the review it says oh wait wait a minute I, i've listened to this about 10 or 12 times now and it's really good and he totally <laughs> from this is crap to this is insane That's like awesome. but it but it took him a while to get there but i was just i was yeah. pissed that he started off with it as crap because that's as much as people read sometimes and i was right. like what are yeah. you doing man <laughs> but, but it took him like, it took him a while to digest it because i, I think right. that's what our music kind of does it's just you got to kind of digest it at first yeah and then you start hearing little things here and there later on that kind of come back and it, it's just that's always how it's been it's it's we've, we've never been a is. We've that's never been at real quick. Real yeah, quick. So I it's, just want to chime in real quick. That's yeah. how the best art is for me, dude, is that it, it you don't get it right off the first watch or yeah. listen or, <clears throat> or even the first time you look at a painting or anything like that. You're the stuff that that really resonates and, and has like uh, a stamina through time with you 
personally is the stuff that that takes time to saturate and marinate and then you start to get it. and then you it's almost like it, it the music molds you to be able to accept it you know yeah, like totally. you don't like your brain's not equipped to take it right in the first listen but it 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 took in some type of information to try and rewire some things so you're more ready for it on the next well, listen. it's like i remember watching old stuff listen like old Suffo videos from like the early 90s and he's like frank's like and all this stuff goes over your heads like no one got it yeah. you know <laughs> and you're like in the deeds was like the next you know there's other bands but like i mean we, we we were having a discussion the other day about like our favorite albums from the 90s and all the different stuff that influenced us and deeds was one of my top three because i was just like dude like in that in those in those days like it was it was super like they were pushing the, the envelope the band no one was doing it, was it that way style like, they're pushing the envelope and they're doing something yeah. unique that nobody else was doing putting Cali on the map dude. That's, yeah. well and that's before i was even in the band i'm just like i remember so, go back yeah. when we did the vial and uh deeds tour and deeds already had recorded um inbreeding but they had it on a cd and it was just a demo i think it was rough tracks or something I mean, yeah it was rough rough tracks rough tracks and we were listening to it and i remember the rest of the guys in vial would just like fucking turn this shit off what yeah. is going on <laughs> colin's like what is I, I don't fucking understand what's going on and i'm sitting there listening to it digesting it, going this shit is fucking next level and like inbreeding to and to me inbreeding is like way it's like 10 years ahead of its time in my opinion just because great, there's so man. much going on and you know and just so many different time changes and just just aggressive as fucking dark and just you know just pushing the boundaries like everywhere it's like just when you think you know what the song's going to do it's just you don't mm -hmm. and that's what makes it interesting and that's like anthony's saying is it took we, I mean, the funny thing is, we actually played that probably like back to back for like four hours. You know? Yeah, we did. Colin was so pissed. And he was just like, and I'm digesting and just call. You can see he's on the verge of meltdown because <laughs> just didn't understand what was going on. It's like, it, you know, Colin on the verge of meltdown. What now? Yeah. Well, just because he was he was losing his patience because it's, yeah. to him it's like you know it wasn't Herbie Hancock, so he couldn't follow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, to each his own, but I mean, that's just one, like I said, it's one of those albums, like you're saying, you have to listen to it over and over to digest it. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, and once you get it, the light bulb, just like, holy shit, that's what they're doing. That's insane. Oh, that was written in 98. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> My one regret from all those yeah. early years is we were terrible at re the recording. We, we just, we were bad when it came to the studio because we weren't with a producer that knew death metal. We were trying to produce it ourselves and maybe the speakers or the room we were in wasn't right, but it would just, it would never come out right. That's why all those early albums, they all sound different because we didn't know what we were doing. And I just, I wish we had had better uh, guidance back resources then. Yeah. And, guidance. and resources. Yeah. Well, we're in a small town, you know, where there's only a handful of studios and all those, you know, engineers that are in the, you know, in San Luis Obispo area, they just do rock, you know, they don't really know how to do right. death metal. And then now you're taking a form of extreme death metal, like deeds where it's like, you know, they had no idea. So that's where Eric and, you know, Jacoby did their best to kind of guide the engineer. Like, this is the kind of sound we're going for, you know, so. It's tough. It's tough. It's hard, yeah. you know. I have a question about the kind of like the writing and path of the weakening, because it kind of like took this awesome turn and it's like a really cool creative. It's such a great album. Like, was there any kind of like uh, thought behind that? Or just all of a sudden Eric was like, or you guys were just starting to write, like, this is just it, it, it just, progression. 
it was a weird phenomenon because Joey basically said we didn't have a drummer and we, mm-hmm. and Joey was like, I can give you guys like two months. He's like, that's all I got. And then I got to go back to helicopter training. I, you know, I can do whatever I can do in two months. So we were just frantically writing for like a month and a half. And then we had to record for the last two weeks. So it was like, I think it was a whole lot of just late nights and just zoning out into this darkness of get it done, you know? And it was, and it, I can't believe we actually got that thing done and recorded in that amount of time, but we did, but yeah, I I remember, yeah. And and I was, I remember like, you know, I was working Diablo Canyon night shift or something and I woke up, I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I was all groggy and I just, I hear Eric and Joey in the back room jamming. I'm like, okay, all right, get up, got to go practice. And I, and I go back there and they're like, dude, check out this riff. And it was And I was like, Oh damn. And I got like goosebumps right off the bat. I'm like, that's sick. And I just ran over and reached for my bass and I'm like watching Eric. I'm like, all right, dude. Oh yeah. And it's like, we wrote path that day and it was like, this is the song for the album. And it was like, it just drove us man just every next riff we wrote was sicker than the last and it was so fun you know it was one of those fun times where you just you're locked in and and get it done that's how it happens so speaking of that time in in jared so how did you guys come across jared how did you guys come in contact with him deaver jared deaver oh that's when uh, jacoby actually when jimmy t quit um Okay. You know, we, we had the second. He was in that. He was in that. The reason why I'm thinking of him is because he was in that video that I brought up earlier. Yeah. No. He about that same era. He did a. He came down. He actually moved down to Los Osos. I mean, you know, Jared. He's always been like, you know, he's always been in a bunch of bands, and he really was a fan of Deeds. And and I guess the connection was probably through me because I knew him in the Bay Area, and he was in Impaled and Cypheria and a bunch of bands and stuff. I think he actually tried out for Vile once. Um, I don't know if it didn't work between him and Colin or whatever. And he was with Severed for a while. He too. was with Severed. Yeah, he was with Severed for a Actually, while. Actually, when I met those guys, he was the cur- the current guitar player right. at that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Jared, it was tough for Jared because he had you know he had life to balance as well. He, he wanted to push his music career, but he always he also had his career and and his son and stuff. So it was really hard for him to like commit. But he made the commitment to Deeds. He came down like right after Jimmy T quit, and uh, he was with us for I think lived down there with us probably for like a year down there moved in the yeah. house with me and eric i uh, did a few tours and then you know at that time deeds wasn't really making any money we we're making enough money to sustain our lifestyle but not you know jared needed more money to sustain his lifestyle because he had a child and shit like that so i mean so he did he was with the band for about a year but um that was probably an invite from me because i was like hey we got jared up in the bay area these got you know eric and jacoby got used to having that second guitar player just made filled up the sound a lot more so it felt natural to have a second guitar player. And then when Jimmy left, just his name popped up and he came down, tried out, and he got the material. He just wasn't able to stay with it because of his lifestyle, you know? So Yeah. Cool, dudes. Yeah. Um, there's a question for Jacoby from a fan. Uh, he, he says, please ask Joe, Jacoby anything about his playing or any gear he ever used. Uh, I'm just going to read this. this. This is a good set of questions. His playing looks so laborious. How did he not injure himself or does his speed <laughs> does his speed actually just come from solid technique and he likes a good performance how did he get so good uh, do him and mike have a song they consider their hardest to record or play 
So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But all right. So yeah, what's up with the? the let me let me set of... the record straight. Um, <laughs> I'm not a very good bass player. I I just you know I can play a deed song. You ask me to play something else, and I probably wouldn't even know what to do. So, I mean the fact that I could play the deed songs was like due to a whole lot of practice, but I mean, playing wise, just, you know, I never, never, well, yeah, I injured myself all the time. What am I talking about? But um, (laughs) um, I had a tendency to play really hard on the strings and that was just because I didn't have that good technique of playing softer like a guitar player would. And I just, I had to use my whole arm and it's just how it went and, and it worked out and, uh, yeah so um hardest song to play or record i don't know they were all hard man there was there was there was no easy (laughs) songs ever yeah and you know i never i never heard a song and i would drop my head except for the endurance when we were getting ready to play that at practice i'd be like oh okay all right, let me take a drink. Uh, all right, yeah. let's go. You know, you got to get yourself revved you up take for that. a break after that one? or uh... Yeah, well, there's a few breaks in the song itself, but it's oh, like okay. it's for the drums and everything, but I think Eric just kept going. But yeah, there's a couple of small breaks in that song, but other than that, like we never played it live, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, we had always leave it for last. It would be the last song we would play because we knew after that we were like pretty much spent. And for all of us too, because we're all sitting there playing as hard as we can for 11 and a half minutes or whatever. And it's, uh, it's taxing, you know, and, but it, it was fun at the same time. So I never, we never shied away from it. It was always just, all right, here we go. Buck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put your man boots on. <laughs> time to go to war. <laughs> right on. So, all right. So now we're basically, okay. So you get to a point, I think it was, uh, crown of souls. Then the style continued to start getting more and more technical. Wait, can we do one, one early okay, question first? Yeah, Just cause sure. it's about the Milwaukee metal fest 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. So someone says, Jacoby, on a scale from one to 10, how pissed were you when I hit you in the back of a, with a steel chair at the Milwaukee metal fest? Is that a true story? Who was that? Just, uh, I guess somebody is claiming to have hit you in the back with a chair during Milwaukee Metal Fest. You know, guys, so much stuff happened over the years, and half the time I was pretty drunk. So I, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't totally be- questions. So. I totally believe that, and no, <laughs> there's no hard feelings because you know, as of now, I'm. Years. I, I can sort of remember that happening, but it's like, it's kind of a blur. Um, 90, <laughs> 98 was the worst one. 98 Milwaukee metal fest was the worst one. I was, I, it was a miracle that I got up on stage on that show. And, and I, uh, yeah, I had to apologize to Eric for a long time for that one, but uh, <clears throat> we got through it. We all have them. Yep. Yeah. We all have them. Except Mike Hamilton. <laughs> ah, there, I had, there's no, uh, I didn't even, I don't ever drink. Yeah. you know maybe after after i play but i never i never had one ounce of alcohol before i played i'd have a shit ton of red bulls but you know just uh always played sober just to be focused and locked in Friends don't let friends drink and drum same yeah. with troy he would wait until after the set too he wanted to be well yeah, yeah i mean we're, you know keep in mind we're we're young we're super driven you know and it's at a point where like you really have to make a name for yourself in the scene because there's so many other bands doing it you know you want to play your best because you know, back in the day, 
between 98 and early 2000s, if you couldn't play your shit live that you recorded, you would get criticized by all the other drummers. It was like, yeah, or just yeah. Stand, especially Ricky Myers would be the worst because he'd be <laughs> stage, like this close to your fucking feet while you're doing so dope bass. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, the whole set was sick, but you had that one little flub. So yeah, you know, so too many popcorn. Yeah, oh, popcorn was the worst. If you if you got called out for doing popcorn, dude, it was just like you got shit. It. It's like being yeah. shamed. Yeah, might as well go to the, the center of the city and just get stoned. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The, I feel like drink, drinking and playing guitar is a different different deal but drinking and drumming oh, no is way. like a disaster yeah. death metal no, it can't happen the it can't alcohol goes right to your legs man so sloppy yeah, might as well like it's horrible yeah you right to your legs you can't walk it's you like lactic acid buildup it'll just cramp you up yeah. like right you're done not gonna happen well it's no. just like your motor yep. functions yeah. are just completely impaired and so you have you don't have that mind body connection and when you're playing this style of music there's no room for error especially well like sorry go ahead dude no that's cool like you know like you know casey like you know if you're off one or two notes just you're done like you're you're, you're chasing the rest of the song it's fucking impossible so i remember like you know dan and joel and other dudes they would party and stuff before the set and i just would like you guys are lucky you're on strings <laughs> dude Even, not that it's easy to play strings yeah. but they can still get through it and still well you know what I mean? drummers like, are essentially drums. athletes man and the better you know the better that yeah, you take care of your body possible. and you know the more prepared you are to be you know a better performer at your craft you know it's like you can't you got to take it serious yeah. you know unless you're playing like motley Crue stuff yeah of course you know. yeah but not in this this genre there's no <laughs> forgiveness in you know in this style you know it's yeah, like yeah, everybody's totally. now the, the meters are being pushed so ridiculous and everybody it's just getting so fast where people have to now double stroke just to keep up with the tempos which is crazy it's like and i i'm not yeah. did you learn how I to did. do that i did uh i did it on of what's to come and i did it on a few a few parts okay. of portal it's just it's just ridiculously fast yeah. and so i learned that and i actually learned i think i learned it by watching Longstreth do it so uh but yeah, i never yeah. like got into it i'm an old school guy i started off with a single i know kick. me too i'm you know to answer the I'm question about the single still. blast it's just like it's like anything else it's like you know a weightlifter you just start off slow you know start off with low weights and just work your way up and over the years you know it's just the stamina is there the muscle memory is there you develop you know the the technique to uh learn how to operate your equipment better and get a better feel for your pedal and and you just start refining little movements and just you know to where it's like the technique is just so refined and honed like you have to, you don't have to use that much energy to to get the same you know effect as like when you were younger you know so it seems like a lot of like technology is being like channeled into like double bass drumming especially in the last yeah. like 10 20 years but did you kind of like you you lived through that evolution so like what was it like do you just have like pearl double bass pedals back in the day and then you um, remember axis coming out or what was that yeah I, I got my start with old school gibraltars i had a gibraltar double bass pedal and then from there when i got my first kit with two bass drums i had the um dw uh turbos which i think everybody was playing at the time mm -hmm. and then axis came out with the a's and i was like ooh, i gotta try these out and then i was that was when i was still in vial and i was able to actually play more comfortably for longer amounts of time because the pedal wasn't as heavy. So I've been with Axis like 25 years. So it wasn't until just recently I started playing the Demon Drives because with the Exhume material, it's uh, not as fast, obviously, as Deeds. So I can like lay back a little bit more and just dig into the drums a lot more. Whereas with Deeds, it was just yeah. like blistering tempos all the time. So I was basically using the Axis, you know, 
pedals to my advantage by just keeping those tempos for long periods of time and not doing, you know, too much work. Yeah. Or I'm still controlling the pedal, but just, yeah, you know, the sweat rolling off your head doesn't say too much work. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all work. I'm just saying, I mean, coming from a drummer standpoint, it's like you're, if you're playing an old DW 5000, those things are heavy. They're good mm-hmm. for certain styles of music. But once you start pushing tempos above like 180, 200, it's a little bit of work to push those yeah. things. So that's oh, where Axis and all these direct drive pedals make. They don't flow smooth the same like yeah. the direct drives yeah. do. You know, like the, the, the speed, like once you have, you know, pe- you know, chain drives or strap drives, it's like it starts to get, it's like yeah. floppy at that speed. And it's plus funny. I come from the old school, where, you know, Lombardo and, and Gene Hoagland era where, you you know, you, you, you hit hard and, you you know, you start off with one, everything's one foot and you just dig into your kit, you yeah. know, so. And I guess as tempos are just evolving, getting faster and faster, people, you have to refine the technique so it's not so crucial to your body. Because if you're playing these tempos nowadays, if you're, you know, trying to caveman drum with these tempos, you're going to blow your muscles out and you hurt your body. And so, I mean, yeah. it's the evolution of drumming. It's necessary to develop that refined technique so that you don't injure your body, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you're trying to play double bass, you know, at like 260, 270 all the time, your knees and your hips are eventually going to fucking give out or you're going to be you're yeah. in your 50s like uh, me yeah. and fucking arthritis is kicking in. You're just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a right. hot shower every morning. Just, oh, yeah, I can feel my, oh, I can move. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just joking. I just haven't, no, nah, dude, don't but joke. Those are the, those are the things that, that a drummer really needs to take in account that you are, you have to treat yourself like you're an athlete and you have to do the right things for your body, you know, like, all the you know the stretching and all that stuff super important you know so yeah yeah i remember that show we were going to do with you guys it was like the first decrepit show it was like 2005 or something like that or the first one with me it was it uh it's gonna be a brick by brick and then you guys were gonna headline but you fell off yeah. a balcony yeah, or something oh yeah uh, oh that was that crazy yeah that was um well it was we were stoked because we're like killers deeds and decrepit birth the score it's like the, the dream show yeah. and you know <laughs> Three yeah, D's yeah. from the West Coast playing in one one venue is going to be sick. And uh, <laughs> me and Jacoby yeah. decided to go down to L.A. the night before and hang out with some friends. And uh, yeah, we we're hanging out on the balcony. And we're just sipping on a beer. We weren't even drunk. We we're just hanging on the balcony. We we're leaning on the handrail, and handrail gave out, and we all three fell. Man, it's brutal, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I broke my wrist. Jacoby broke his back. It was like I thought we were. I was like, yeah, crazy. We fell like twenty feet and just hit yeah. like. Yeah, they hit a uh, underneath the balcony. They hit like a it was like a flower bed, but I launched out. And I hit the actual concrete, but I put my hand out to break my fall and just shattered my wrist. Yeah. And I was in that moment, I was like, "Fuck, we got a show tomorrow." And I just kept thinking, <laughs> Eric's gonna be so fucking pissed. I'm like, "Why well, can't just duct tape my wrist and get there?" <laughs> and then like put me in the fucking ambulance. I woke up in the hospital like hours later, just all on morphine. Like, where the fuck am I? What's going on? And just like, I just made my oh, wrist hurt. And I was man. like, yeah, it's broke. And I was like, oh shit, we're done. We had Isn't that out. the same thing uh, when Derek broke his leg? Didn't he fall off a fucking balcony that broke or some shit too? Derek Boyer. I remember uh, that. when he, I don't know yeah, if he fell off a balcony, but I remember him breaking his leg. Yeah. yeah Jacoby was in a back brace, right? You were yeah. in a back brace for how long, yeah. dude? I, I like six months. Six months. Fuck, how claustrophobic yeah. was that, dude? Crazy. It w- it wasn't too bad because I could take it off and put it back on. I-, I had to wear it when I stood up or when I went anywhere. But if I was just laying on the bed, I could take it off. But it was yeah, it was yeah. it wasn't as bad as you think. I mean, breaking yeah. your back 
there's not a lot they can do for you. So it's just like, (laughs) you know, let it heal. Don't, don't do anything crazy for a while. And just, you know, I'm still a little bit crooked when I stand, it it made me a little crooked to the side. So it's like weird when I look down at my body, I'm a little bit crooked and I can tell. You got a little pirate limp when you walk? (laughs) No, I don't have a limp or anything. I just a little bit crooked when I stand. (laughs) It's just just weird. I I don't think anybody else can know it, but notice it. But I notice it when I look down. It's just weird. It's like my chest and my stomach are a little bit crooked. (laughs) It's just, and that's from breaking my back. It's just a trip. Crazy. That's sucked. Like why? Why is my pecker two inches to the left all of a sudden? Yeah, that was pretty brutal, man. Because we were looking forward to that show, and it, yeah, uh, it just sucked to have to call Eric. And be like, dude, we're in the hospital. He's like, what? What the hell happened? So yeah, for sure. I mean, luckily, none of us got super, super hurt. Yeah, but it was just it was one of those things where it could have been a lot worse than what it was. So we're pretty yeah. fortunate. But could I bring uh, up yeah. another crazy story? Yeah, um, the, uh, involving the pound. Remember uh, the pound show, the uh, infamous pound you, show. You mean the the last show? The last, yeah, oh yeah, the very the last deed show ever. I remember. Yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. All right, so, uh, re- refresh my memory a little bit. Who was on the bill? Because we, it wasn't like a. It was the last bloodletting, right? Was it? Yeah. No, we weren't. We didn't play. Yeah, it was, was it the last? Blood yeah, it was the last, last bloodletting. Blood yeah. We did play yeah. that night. Yeah. yeah, so it was us vile. You know, um, I thought we were seeing deeds on a separate show. <laughs> no. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, everything was fine until you guys got on stage right yeah some some chick jumped right in front of me and was like head banging and i've had that happen enough times to where i know she's eventually going to hit my mic and it's going to go into my teeth so it kind of pissed me off yeah <laughs> so i'm sitting here just trying to like softly kick her off the stage you know and just like get the hell off the stage and i'm looking around i'm like where's the damn like stage security you know yeah and then, you know, she won't go anywhere. She's just standing right in front of my mic. So I just, I had to violently basically kick her off the stage to get her out of my way so I could sing. And uh, a few seconds later, I'm down headbanging, playing a part, and I just feel my hair get pulled like this. And then just boom, 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 just punches are coming through my hair. And some dude had a hold of me and was just knocking me out. Yeah, it must be and, a uh, girl's boyfriend or something. Probably something. And, and you know, my whole base yeah. broke because, I, you know, when he pulled my hair, it kind of dropped me to my knee and my my um, my setup where my cord was just totally ripped out. And so it busted my base and I was like, shoot. So I like I ran backstage and I was grabbing another base and the guy's like, dude, you're, you're bleeding, bro. And I'm like, yeah, OK. And then I. I pulled my lip and I got a big old hole. My tooth had gone all the way through my uh, lip. And I was uh, just like, okay, I guess we're going out bloody. And I just, I think I grabbed a bass from, uh, I don't know, one of the guys in the other band and uh, just went back out and played the rest of the show with a bloody face. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it ended well for that guy either because we had all my Fairfield crew, Vacaville, Vallejo crew out there. And I think they ended up following that guy out to the parking lot. And he would think, yeah, so the, the, I don't remember. Did the show get shut down? Did they like they canceled? It got crazy, dude. It got real crazy because I guess somebody went back to the car and and with a gun. Yeah, that's right. And they they shut us all. They shut the. They barricaded us inside, and uh, that's that's actually you know a memorable night for me because that's like when I really know Murray Fitzpatrick was a real (laughs) fucking brother, dude. Oh yeah. 
I had my younger brother there and Dan Kenny had his younger brother there for that show. Yeah. And uh, as soon as like shit got real, Murray rounded those guys up and threw them oh, in the yeah. corner. And uh, yeah. And, and we were all just, but I was just like, dude, that that's super cool for Murray to like immediately go for the young ones that were in the group that we came with, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, Murray just needs an excuse to fuck somebody. He doesn't care. He's like, oh, okay. Somebody wants to get down. All right, he's all he's dude, he, he'll take the like, smallest Let's go. excuse to fuck me up. Dude. <laughs> Small. I come at him drunk with with my hand out one time. Yeah. Fucking a second later, it's up my back, and I'm like in, in the wall. You know. Yeah. Well, speaking of Murray, I haven't really talked with him, and I know that uh, you know he went through. He had a stroke or something. Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah. Three so, strokes. Three strokes. I don't know. Have you guys? So, I spoke to him uh, um, when I when I came back kind of in the fold, you know, I I haven't been on <clears throat> social media or anything all these years, just pretty much on purpose because there's so much junk out there. And uh, I came back online. He was one of the first dudes I saw. And I was like, hey, Murray, how's it going, bro? And and I was in the dark. I didn't know what had happened to him. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm living in Australia. I've had three strokes. I can't walk and I can't see. And I was just yeah. like, oh, man. And I just I, I felt so bad. And I was like, I'm so sorry, bro. I, I didn't know. And blah, blah, blah. And, and, and he was just, you know, he he's still got he's still got a, a good still attitude. He's still he's Murray. Still Murray dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's telling me about his daughter and stuff. And I was just like, you know, it's Callie. cool. Man. Callie yeah. death. Callie. For That's sure. Callie. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, I, I don't want to go too much into detail. No, you don't have to. Speakers, just... But it's just yeah. He, he went through some very, very unfortunate health problems and, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing a, better. Yeah. He's, he's on the up, you know, it's just a really cool. slow process with stuff right. like that, you know, for sure. And, yeah. um, um, I know that, uh, he's, he's out there for the best care right. that he, he, you know, and, and he's got wow. family out there too with him. So yeah. Yeah, he's, he's well. We love him, man. We miss him, yep. and uh, we, we hope he's very doing much, good. Dude. Yeah. Most definitely, dude. And yeah, and, and not, uh, yeah. <clears> I know <throat> he's doing the best he can do right now. You know, yeah. yeah. So it, it, that's what this is all about, dude. Like we've we've gained so much uh, love and respect for so many different people. Oh, totally. In, in this scene, you know, it's like once you really feel you you establish yourself in a scene for so long, and you acquire all these different relationships, like now we're getting nothing but older and it, you go back in hindsight, you look at all the greatest things that happened during those times and, and all the people that were involved in it. And yeah. it's like, I'll never forget it. I want, I, I want everybody else to know about it. And that's why <laughs> we're doing this, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, we all are pretty lucky to live in a time where we were in the very beginning stages, you know, we consider ourselves like second generation, maybe yeah, second generation death metal Yeah. and to be doing it at a time when it's, you know, still kind of it's in its infancy and to be able to contribute to it and do it the way we did it. We feel super honored and super blessed. And, you know, like, just like us bands before us, we looked up to them, you know, cause they were pioneers like, you know, suffocation and gore guts and bands like that. The first generation death metal, we're just trying to continue on that legacy. And, you know, if we, that's the beautiful thing about this style of music is like everybody's in it for the style of music. They're not in it to make a bunch of money, although it's nice to pay bills, but our heart is in it because, we genuinely love the style, you know? And so uh, I think the way the music's going now, it's just going to continue to keep going. And I don't think death metal is ever going to go away. It's never going to die. It's just going to continue to evolve. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Totally dude. So now let's uh, what Joseph, you got, you got anything else lined up question wise or anything? No, I, I think we should, 
move forward the the to the band's history and then but by the end we need to touch on the new album and and definitely like yeah, yeah. talk about that but let's cover like uh like you said crown and of what's to come and portal stuff so and reduced I mean, well we can't we can't completely stuffed over bloodletting too much we got to talk at least about one so thing that we real, remember from that real tour. quick as anthony would say <laughs> real quick uh the uh i love it it's your do page. i say real quick way yeah, too much? yeah yeah it's cool hey, dude but I'm like totally professional uh, podcaster bro <laughs> on uh yeah right yeah so yeah but like on uh on bloodletting it on five the, the one that we did that was the crown of souls right you guys had out i believe so yeah yeah it's really cool artwork on that one and the great album too well yeah that's we introduced uh we got introduced to raymond swanland which is uh, a phenomenal yeah, artist but right. he uh he was living in san luis obispo and we met him through a mutual friend steve miller yeah. our photographer friend and at the time raymond was working in san luis obispo um he was part of the abe's odd world project and he was the graphic designer for all the um landscapes and backgrounds i believe so is that correct Kobe? something like that i think he was like the art director over the there. art director for, he, yeah. he was he was one of the higher ups anyways yeah for the video game abe's odd world and we just we saw his art and we're just like you know we knew that we were looking yeah. for a change because you know we didn't want to saturate ourselves too much but we're always you know, with the artists and, you know, yeah. that we've been, I mean, we love John Zig, but we've already done a, a, a few albums with him and we want to just explore some different options. And uh, we saw his art and we just like, oh yeah. So Jacoby and me and Eric kind of explained the concept of it. And uh, I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and let Jacoby talk about this subject. Oh, he, it was amazing. We went over to his house and we were just looking at all of his other art pieces. Just like, I was shocked how good he was. And I was like, yeah. dude, we're never going to be able to afford this guy. There's no way. Yeah. He <laughs> was doing he, stuff for fantasy books, like Forgotten Realms and all that stuff too. Yeah. So, like, and, and his, in one of his, in our first conversation, he was telling us that he charges three, three grand a cover for the stuff. And I was like, oh my God, oh, we can't afford that. He's like, well, you know, since you guys are friends with Steve and, you know, we got a connection there, he's like, I'll give you a deal. And I'm like, okay, great, let's do it. And uh, he started comping out for what, you know, we had some ideas in our head about what, it wasn't even called Crown of Souls. I, I don't even remember what the name of the album was, but it was something about Kingdom. Um, and it was a totally different name. And we were trying to explain to him, you know, like, you know, there's this guy and he's collecting people's souls, you know, he's like a serial killer and he's collecting people's souls and, and all this stuff. And so he started the art piece. And when he sent us the first comps, he called it crown of souls. And I was like, dude, we got to steal that. That's like the name of the album right Hell there. Yeah. Crown of souls. So I, so I, I will attribute the name crown of souls to Raymond Swanlin because he came up with it, you know, and that guy's just got an amazing mind um amazing talent and he does everything in photoshop with a tablet and it's just crazy and yeah super talented yeah super talented guy super cool guy too we hit we had a we on this album we were lucky enough to have a, a cool zoom meeting with him and, and you know pick his brain and stuff and he's just he's got that brain for art and i'll just i'll never understand how someone can just take nothing and create something like that out of nothing it's just it's amazing to me that people can do that stuff and so i'm just so like cool. uh you know, yeah, do that new artwork. Respect. So he did the new yeah. artwork, obviously. He did. did. Yeah, just yeah. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, and we we worked on that. We went through many comps, and and you know we built the whole idea. Me and Mike basically built the whole idea behind that concept out of kind of nothing. Uh, I mean, we could talk about this later and stuff, but he shaped it and, and helped just bring it to life, and it's it's pretty epic, dude. Yeah, it's killer. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Crown of Souls, um, 
you know, we did that album. We did the video. It was cool. We did the touring. Um, and then right after that tour, after that last show at the pound, that's kind of when I, um, I had learned that, you know, my, my wife, uh, was pregnant and I knew I was going to be a father. And once that happened, something in me kind of just clicked that, okay, I'm going to have to look out for another human being and I'm broke. So what am I going to do? And, and that's kind of when I had to decide to, to retire just basically because I was graduating from college, didn't have any money. You know, the labels, death metal labels don't make money. If, if anybody out there thinks they do, they're, <laughs> they're mistaken. Um, so I just, I knew I had to provide for my family. And so that's why I had to take a step backward and just uh, go do that. And that's what I did for the last 13 years anyways, but what, that's kind of when my time ended. And then um, we, you know, we were working on stuff for of what's to come in the jam room. Um, yeah. I actually remember some of those riffs that we were working on. I have recordings actually from some of the stuff we were doing. Yeah, I do too on my old laptop. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so all, all the pre-production <laughs> stuff. Yep. Yep. So then I, you know, when I, when I left the band, those guys just kept soldiering on and, and uh, put out that album and dude, things just started getting haywire from there. So yeah. I'll let so you take over Mike. <laughs> I'll just say first that that came out when I was like maybe 18 and that was the first deeds album that like, introduced me to the band so i'm from that next generation of yeah. bands where that was the new shit and uh, it was a it was a obviously a style change that really resonated with me too and i was into the more like sci-fi style for a long time and then deeds ended up being a pathway for me back to old school death metal so hmm. it was a bridge for me um and it was at the same time i was like taking drum lessons from kc uh so i mean i was my world was blown up but yeah mike just fucking that was I, I was just like, I got to play like that. Like, I are you referring to of what's to come or Crown of Souls? Uh, of what's to come. Oh yeah, that was yeah. yeah. That album was a bitch to record. It was crazy. Um, well, you know, at that time you have bands like Psychroptic and Spawn of Possession. They were like really at the forefront. You know, super technical, super fast, and we're like, you know, this is kind of like the next next generation of tech death so we wanted to be at that same level so we just pushed ourselves like me and eric again we just got in the rehearsal rooms and just jammed you know six days a week and we actually you know got a laptop with some pro tools so we could actually start you know recording some of the parts so we could build the songs and uh, it's just me and him for the longest time and then we had a, a local guitar player sean southern um that we're like we need to you know Get another outside idea to you know for guitars and stuff we introduced him to the band and he was actually on the last tour of the deep with deeds yeah. uh, uh for crown of souls so he joined at crown of souls and then he helped write um of what's to come so he he was on he bloodletting could, right he, he was, was on, on the he was yeah, on Sean? the euro tour and euro the u.s tour, tour. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Both. i remember i remember yeah. Sean. Yeah. yeah so yeah so when he came into the fold like he brought kind of his element um you know he started doing a lot more atmospheric stuff and so he contributed quite a bit to mm -hmm. that record but we did the drums up at Colin's place, um, uh, Colin from Vile, we recorded yeah. the drums there. And then we just, tra you know, tracked all the guitars ourselves, And we were able to just kind of sit back. We didn't really have the pressure of trying to put a record out. We just wanted to create the most technical record we could put out. And, uh, you know, I was for me, like, definitely one of the hardest recordings because this shit's so fast, you know? Tell, and, tell them about the tempo bump, Mike. <laughs> oh yeah, so we're in, <sighs> Eric, this is how Eric works. It's like, so we've been tracking, you know, pre-production and tracking all the stuff and you know getting everything down getting ready to go to record and it's like as we're going through the songs eric's like all right cool it's like well do you think you can maybe play these a little bit faster in the studio give them a little more you know tempo bump and i was like i don't know it's like i don't want to go too fast because at the time we're like you know we're pushing 220 230 240 and i just want to be realistic with my you know 
abilities. And I was like, yeah, I could probably, you know, just a little bit faster, like, you know, maybe like five BPMs faster, two BPMs to five BPMs faster. So he's like, all right. So then unbeknownst to me, he goes in and he fucking pumps up all the fucking tempos on all the songs. And so I'm in the live room and I'm like, okay, we just got warmed up, click off the songs, start going through it. The first riff's good. Second riff's good. And then started getting to these other faster parts. I'm just like, holy shit, what the fuck? Why do I feel like I'm playing slower? And I was like, I thought I was like, I don't know I was coming down with something or I was just like maybe had you know the studio nerves I was just like the anxiety I was like okay I gotta just step out of the room just calm down and and in the meantime I can hear Colin and and, uh, Eric just arguing over the loudspeaker and you know I'm just like because Colin has one way of working and Eric has a way of working and they just weren't seeing eye to eye and meanwhile I'm in here like full anxiety attack thinking like (laughs) fucking drums and they're so fucking fast but we got through the recording um i'm super proud of that record because it's like it was a lot of work to get it recorded it's the first time that i honestly i'll brutally honest like most times i would like track as much of the song as i could it's the studio you know you're not going to go in there do one takes i've never been that kind of drummer i just like to be get the best performance i can but this one we actually pretty much like built the songs in the studio you know we do like 30 second chunks, minute chunk, and just like kind of put it together. And at that time, we were just like, we didn't have a, a full band. So we didn't really know if we were going to tour on the material or not. But, um, you know, that was, a, it was a, it was a fun record to write. Um, it was crazy to record it, but in the end, like listening to it, it definitely like bumped us up as far as put us, you know, pushing us to the, the next level, as far as pushing our personal capabilities and our playing. And so yeah. I mean, I'm super proud of it, but it's, pretty techie for uh for deeds and it was definitely the, the evolution of the next you know the next step which was portals so yeah yeah that's awesome Dude, that's super fun to know yeah uh someone asked uh if did eric write and record the leads on that album or was that sean uh that was mostly sean i mean eric was always the the you know the idea guy behind the music and you know i just remember he did most of the tracking for the rhythms, but when it came to do the leads, like they worked uh, hand in hand with Sean, they just kind of, you know, they didn't really have a lot of ideas structured for the songs, but they kind of just jammed with it and played along with it and just kind of built it, you know, it's like a, as they got, you know, started with one song and just kind of built that song until the next song and just whatever the best ideas that were coming out for that day, just they kept those ideas for the recording. So that's right. Yeah. Jacoby, did you um, contribute at all lyrically or anything to these albums? No, no I, I didn't. And, and, you know, I didn't know about a lot what, what was going on just because I was in my own world doing my own thing. And uh, at some point when I learned, you know, that Eric had taken this full on 180 and gone like sci-fi, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and it was and, you know, I didn't even know much about it. Um frankly, uh, just because I just, I was out of it. And I, I guess, you know, since I wasn't part of it, I, I kind of felt kind of uh, separated from it at some point. So I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to, to what was going on. Uh, but later when I had to come back in and learn about it and learn, okay, the story behind it and everything, I was like, whoa, man, he really took a big turn there, <laughs> you know, lyrically. Yeah. And, um, I mean, at, at first, I, I think I thought it was a little weird. I was like, what? I just, I don't get it, you know? And um, the more I delve into what he was trying to do, it kind of just started hitting, okay, oh, I get it. Okay, he's trying to be more, a little more futuristic as to where everything in the before that was more non-fictional and in the past. 
So he was trying to create something instead of telling a story, you know, from something that had already happened. Cause most of the writing we did was from just the dark side of humanity, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so his new vision was more of a futuristic, what could happen kind of deal. And um, yeah, me and Mike had to dive deep into that uh, yeah. <laughs> for the new album. And because um, it, you could tell from of what's to come and portals, it's a story that go, starts in of what's to come and moves into portals. So it had to be, this latest album had to be an ending to that story, we felt, because, you know, it okay. just, cool. It, it needs an ending. Um, so, yeah, I, I had to dive into that pretty, pretty hardcore. And it was, it was. Are you trip. talking about research wise or just like. No, just, just trying just to figure out what Eric's mind and, was yeah. doing, you know, it was, yeah. it was a trip. Yeah. And I kept Molding going back to Mike head. going, what the hell is he thinking <laughs> Yeah, no, it was the, the whole story arc with of what's to come was basically you know just Eric was into sci-fi big time. He played a lot of video games and so and he's a pretty creative guy. So he created this story arc where it was just you know basically like aliens coming here from outer space and just getting this epic battle with humans on the earth to take over the planet. And then he created a lot of um, you know, his own kind of story with the vervum being the energy that is, you know, stored within man. Alien comes here to try to harvest that so that you know they can sustain their there's um you know their being and everything and so yeah. and then the anunnaki's yeah yeah i'm sure a lot of this kind of that's... history but yeah he probably took a lot of history and based it on history and then gave it a sci-fi twist and just created his own story which is cool and then uh, what's to come is kind of like foretelling that happening and then actual the battles on earth and then portals is kind of like the battle continues um you know the aliens are gaining you know power over the earth and then you know the humans are losing the battle but they're trying to find a, a way to escape the planet to sustain you know human life and so that kind of signifies the word portals to canon like canon being like this heavenly place for you know for humans to go and you know kind of escape the battle and then so we just felt it felt natural to like kind of create a story that kind of finishes that up but also kind of first song like alien scourge kind of tells that story of of what's to come in portals just to kind of if you've never heard deeds you never listened to you know of what's to come or portals kind of gives you an idea of what those two albums kind of represented gives you a little bit of the story from that and then continues on so it was fun yeah. working with jacoby but yeah trying to decipher you know eric's vision it's it's always tough you know but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like justice an author play. trying to write an author, another author's exactly finish, finish their trilogy. Yeah, exactly. Know? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it not, it doesn't always go well, but at least it was you guys who right. were doing it and not just some, you know, I mean, I love Craig, I love Ivan, but imagine those two dudes coming together and trying to finish lyrically. Maybe they could do it, but it's like, you yeah, guys well, knew, I've been just- yeah, Ivan's a good singer. He's he's a death metal singer, and so is Craig. You know, but no, uh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying yeah. like you guys were. You have had the longest relationship with sure. Eric. You know, of course. You, you you could you could eat more easily feel what would be right and what would be wrong. Yeah, you know, and That's um, yeah, I just called craig and ivan out just because no it's all good no i love those guys they're awesome yeah, yeah. i mean you know it's funny about me and ivan is that i've i've been in more projects with him than any other okay that i've played with he's been, awesome. in, That's right. he's been in odious for he was a live odious member for a while he was in he recorded in a car on a carnivorous release yeah yeah and uh did a track on the continuum the right. first continuum and then now here we are 
cool. with the new deeds record. So it's yeah. like, dude. Uh, it's good. He's a good player. He's a good guy, man. And super solid. Yeah. I just, I just remember that tour with Exhumed and Archaic. It was just awesome because it, it, it just bonded with him and Craig. And oh, yeah, I, had, I had this epiphany. I was just like, you know, I knew me and Eric, we didn't, you know, we didn't really have anybody, just me and him and Deeds. And I was watching him play and I was just like, fuck, fucking there it is right there. It just hit me. Like I could ask these guys if they want to help us write the next record. And I just, I hit up Eric like, yeah, Craig, this guy is like a phenomenal guitar player. And Ivan is his fucking ripper bass player. And I think they'd be a good addition. I think he just, unbeknownst to me, probably reached out to them. and said, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, help with, you know, portals and shit. So I was like, all right. So it worked yeah, out. Dude. It worked great, man. I, I, that was, you know, um, cause they, we also severed had take, taken uh archaic out with us on the yeah. servile tour and uh you know we od odious you'll remember this casey we played uh la metal fest i forget what year it was it was after bloodletting and all that stuff i think mm -hmm. and uh was that faceless, the, one the, the faceless was the, on the, the galaxy and, is that the one i think so yeah i think so okay. either way we were down we went down for uh, ash had booked us on uh la metal fest and uh we were leaving or we went out to go smoke or something like that and uh these these young dudes were were handing out their demos from their trunk and it was jared and chance i think yeah and uh young young dudes and and they had their first demo and and i have i still have the demo nice jared's actually drumming on it too it's pretty rad yeah, jared's and, a good uh, drummer man yeah and uh but I, you know, to be honest, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't really pay attention to Archaic for a little bit. I may have come across their songs every now and then, but I never really paid attention. And then Archaic was on that bill. And then we get to the first show, dude, and and Archaic plays, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" These now guys, fucking, they they were fresh off the Cannibal tour, and they were yeah. just like in the fucking pocket, dude, like. I didn't. I didn't feel like they had yeah. any any flubs, any kind of. They were just like a, a a machine, and I was like, dude, this is what Ivan's been doing since I've talked. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just nice. obviously representing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love those guys. They're great. Yeah. Ex Zoom did a tour with them. It turned out killer. Yeah, good. I know. So that's nice. what it, that's what it is. You go out touring with, with those guys, and and you realize like, oh, this is just the young just a little bit younger than me i mean much more younger than me not much more yeah. younger than you guys but more younger than you guys and, just the and, next generation just keeping the yeah, torch yeah and, and, and you see the same kind of drive you're like oh yeah dude that's yeah i, I had that same gleam in my eye when i was yeah. that young you know totally I, dude going 24 hours printing out cds so we could get them out on this on the campbell tour was severed you know those yeah. carnivorous demos that we did dude it's just like we got to get those out <laughs> yeah. before the before the internet was so easy yeah. to just put shit out well back when you, you know you had to be a working band you couldn't you know we didn't have the internet we didn't have i mean it, we did but it wasn't like it is now like i you know jacoby can attest to this like packaging tapes and writing letters and you know to people and just doing tape trading and you know we're all part of that generation so it's like the work ethic came from that because if you didn't work hard your band didn't get shows you didn't sell you know you didn't get your name out there so you had to sell promote you know, and work really hard to do it, you know, maybe take ads out in magazines and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't like today where you have, you know, the social media machine behind you. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, different generation of, of how you promote yourself. So 
I got a question as a fan myself about like an old deed song. Uh, like back in the day, we used to like love that song, Acid Troops. <laughs> you guys ever play that live or that song is so great? <laughs> I'm sure we, I'm sure we played it live a bunch of times early on. Um, yeah, that cool. song was actually a Charlie Christ song. So that song came from Eric's oh, first really? band. All those lyrics were, were another song called Acid Troops and Charlie Christ. And it was a very different sound. And I actually really liked the song when it was in Charlie Christ. And when we did it in Deeds, I almost didn't like it. I was like, ah, it just doesn't have that same, that same hook to it that, you know, that the Charlie Christ version did. And um, I think that was one of my least favorite songs because I knew that's how that song should have been. You know, it it was, it was um, as the troops on acid move on the enemy will soon be gone. And it was cool, you know, and, and then now we're going as the troops on acid kill another human being i just i didn't like it so i mean that was that's one of those deals like if you were going to ask me what my least favorite deed song was it's probably (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny dude we're like you know that's a conversation that me and casey have had like if we're gonna cover yeah what would it be and he's like acid troops i'm like dude that one's well i mean like the riffs but the riffs are so sick it's fucking yeah 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 the riffs are great i just i wish i wish we had written it off for you i just hope it's like Take, you know <laughs> jungle we used to just like we just like yeah this song is great jacoby we were talking about uh you're talking about early bands thc tell me give me a little rundown about thc thc stands for terminal human combustion and before that we were called betrayer uh because we were really into creator um but <laughs> You know, that was too much of a copycat, we thought, if, you know, being Betrayer and stuff. But uh, that band, I don't know. We played a bunch of shows. We were kids. We had a fun time doing it. Um, we weren't that great, but <laughs> I got a tape. I had, huh? uh, yeah, I got a tape. We, we did a demo in the same studio that we did the Gradually Melted demo in it, Ed Sandor's okay. place. So um, that's why we were pretty familiar with it. Actually, uh, Charlie Christ recorded there, too. That was the place to go. Cause Ed was this old rocker dude, you know, he was like, he was from the glam rock era, you know? So he was always in there with his long hair, you know, doing the whole rocker thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's more to that story, but I won't go there. <laughs> uh, let's just say he, I don't think that dude slept much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it, it was a young. We were a young band. We had a lot of fun. It was this. It was definitely a stepping stool to get to where we were with Deeds. Because without that band, we never would have played with Eric and and hung out. And we ended up jamming right next door to Eric and them guys in Charlie Christ. And uh, I think that's where we got to knew, know each other pretty well. And you know, Eric would be there probably hearing Joey doing double bass and blast beats and stuff. And it's probably where he got it in his head, dude. We should. We got to do that. <laughs> we got to, yeah. we got to get together and jam. So, yeah. Sweet. It's rad. So where do we go from here? We're at basically we're at the new album. Okay. So, uh, this is when, so you now, have- all right, the meeting's over. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you said you started the family and that was how many years? You 13, were away? 13 years. I was retired. 13 so. years you're away. Um, so crazy. You know, I got a phone call. Uh, 
I got a phone call from Mike and he said, I don't think Eric's doing very well. He's in the hospital. And I was like, Oh crap, man, what's going on? And, and you know, I kind of had it in my head. Maybe we should fly out and just see him in the hospital. I'm the, you know, I hadn't talked to Eric in a lot of years. We had a bit of a falling out um, because of the label, you know, there was just money issues and stuff. And I, and I felt bad. And I was like, dude, I kind of left with Eric on a sore note. I, I, you know, so I had it in my mind to go see him. And, um, you know, he was in the hospital for a few days. I really didn't know how serious it was. He was in the ICU. So I knew it was kind of serious, but then he got out of the hospital and he's like, okay, he's going home. So in the back of my mind, like, okay, he's good. Now, you know, I, I don't need to fly out there. He's, he's okay. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> two months after that, Maddie calls me up he's crying. He's like, dude, Eric just passed away. I was like, what? And I just, it was a total shock to my system. And those two months between, you know, when I heard he was in the hospital to when he died, he was just, he was, he was just withering away and, and nobody knew it because Eric is, you know, he's a private guy, he's a hermit and, and he's not going to tell anybody when he's hurting. So it was, it was a, it was a crappy thing yeah, to find out, you know, basically. And, 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 uh, I knew at the very least Mike and I were going out for the funeral. So that's kind of, you know yeah well I, I had got a call from maddie and maddie was like yeah eric's kind of <clears> sick he's not doing so well and and like jacoby said eric was a kind of a recluse guy he didn't really you know, divulge too much information he would kind of guy that really would never ask for help you know so um we didn't know at all and until it was too late you know and we got the call it's like and maddie told me like he's not doing good and like like jacoby said like a week later he's like yeah they um you know, he's in hospice and they pretty much they had the priest come in and read the last rites. And I was just like, didn't even know how to digest that. I was just like shocked. And then I called Jacoby right after like, Hey dude, we got to get out there. And so it was uh, it's a bummer, man. You know, it's a, a testament to like, listen to your body, you know, when things start happening to your body that you're not, you don't feel normal, like go get it checked out because Eric, you know, he didn't really, I don't think he understood what was going on with his body. And, you know, men are kind of always tough, like, oh, I can tough it out. I don't need to go get checked out, you know. Um, and I think that mentality kind of just was his ultimate, like, demise because, you know, it was a lot more serious than, you know, he thought. So, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, you know, that he passed, and especially the way he did because he was such a strong guy and, you know, mentally strong, physically strong. And then just to, you know, to have something like that to take him down is – pretty brutal and you know so yeah Definitely. rest in peace eric is rest sucked, in peace, you know, but yeah, yeah and that's so it felt it, it was very important for me and jacoby to step in and like you know this body of work has to see the light of day you know yeah. can't just be Respect put on a shelf and never see his last body of work never see you know the light of day and also you know how long had he been working on it before he had realized he was sick well, I don't know, to be honest, because... Oh, I, yeah, you guys didn't... He didn't really... Well, like the thing is that he had, he had moved to Florida. Um, he was living out in Florida now. And oh, really? so, wow. yeah, um, he moved out there for personal reasons. Um, moved out there and, you know, we were talking on the phone. He was he called me up and said, hey, I'm demoing, you know, the new record with, uh, with Craig and I'm going to send you some tracks. I'm like, okay, cool. And so learning the... the I learned about three the first three songs <clears throat> and then... Uh, at that point, I had a family emergency and I had to step down. I was like, I'm, I'm in no position to really like record because I had a, my, my brother had passed, you know, and uh, it was a shock to my family. So I was like, at that time, 
I was just like, I'm not going to be able to be on this record. But after all this thing, you know, happened with Eric and me and Jacoby were, you know, talking out just feeling like we knew we had to come back into the fold and get it, get it done. So we made that commitment to Eric and uh, to, you know, to the deeds fans and to, uh, you know, Maddie and also to Jamie that we would do everything we can in our power to contribute to this and get it done so that Eric's final body of work would be able to be enjoyed by, you know, the fans that loved his music so much. So, yeah. When, when did the idea of bringing in all the guest vocals? Well, uh, me and Jacoby kind of threw the idea around. We're like, you know, how cool would this be to, you know, not only like, I mean, we knew Jacoby was going to come back in the fold because it just was natural. He's the second main vocalist of the band. So it, he had to sing on it, but it was like, we threw the idea around, like, you know, we could make this a tribute album and everybody that, you know, Eric like looked up to or had a special friendship with could participate in the album. That would be kind of a cool idea. So we threw that concept around and it's like, well, fuck, I know half the people and we can get in touch with them. And so we just started reaching out to people and it just started, you know, people started saying, yeah, I'm on board. Just let me know. I was like, all right, killer. So that's Jacoby kind of took that project and, and he was the one that got the music to everybody. And, you know, it's just like, we felt it was important to invite vocalists from like the early 2000 era unique leader to be on it that helped build the label and help like push the genre. So like, that's where you came in, Dusty came in, Robbie K from Disavowed came in. So, you know, we had John Zig has always been there in the fold, helping the band, you know, it's, you know, he's all the a album. Cover. Yeah. He did yeah. all the, so, yeah, he sure. did so many, all the album covers for us. So he came in, Obi Flett, love that guy. You know, he's love instrumental him. to, you know, inherit disease being on the label and he had a really good relationship with Eric. And so, you know, all these people that yeah, were really Bill. important to the band and Bill, yeah. Everybody that we had on the record just was important to us, you know, and they're good close friends. And so we felt, you know, in yourself, you know, it's like, we're all in so this cool. together and, you know, we felt I, like, felt natural. i said it so many times, dude, but it's just, uh, it's still like, I mean, it, it's done and recorded and yeah. it's coming out and stuff, but it's just like, dude, it's I awesome. still, at least once a day, I'm like, dude, I'm on a, I'm going to be on a fucking deeds record. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we pulled it. I can't believe we pulled it off. It's just went from, I can't office. either. Went from an idea to like, okay, these guys are all in. You know, we got Luke LeMay, like that was fucking awesome. And George Corpse Grinder, just, you know, he did a track. And, you know, we got all these yeah, heavyweight dude, guys. So cool. And just these are guys that. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, that's going to be sick. It's amazing. It's yeah. going to be so fucking sick. When, it, w w when is it coming out again? December December yeah. 11th is, is the actual date. There's going to be some singles that come out ahead of time. So you'll get to hear, you'll get to hear some heavyweights before the release comes out. And yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I was kind of surprised by how well I was able to do just being out of it for 13 years. I was like, I, 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 I got foot and mouth disease. So I'm sitting there, me and Mike are sitting there at the, at Eric's wake and, and basically we're promising his wife that we're going to do this. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, can I even sing anymore? And I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, it was a trip. And I was like, dude, I've been out of the loop so long. And I'm listening to Eric's last two records going, dude, I don't sing like that. It's, it's not going to be like that. So I, I was like worried that I was just not going to do it justice, but. Um, oh, dude, when you sent me that, that <laughs> uh, track, I was like, wow, dude. For, for how long he hasn't been in it, dude, he sounds fucking great. <laughs> I'm going to step out and take a break. I'll be right back. Go for it, dude. Go for it. Right. Yeah. Um, when, when Obi, Obi came up and recorded where I was recording uh, at Chad Land's place and, and, and he was listening to another track that, that we were mixing and he, he, he looked over at me and he goes, dude, you still got it, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I just, that was kind of a, that was, that was a cool moment. So, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's that, that, 
I'm sure that fucking makes you feel great. Um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool. And and you know, and, and the funny thing is, my wife was like, "Dude, you're gonna have all these amazing vocalists on this album. Are you sure you can like, you know, measure up? You know, and I'm like, I don't know, but I hope so. You know, and and it's, dude, it's sick. The the way my voice is blending with all these guys, dude, it sounds killer i mean the oh, song with me and luke lemay you're gonna freaking geek out about it. i mean that oh, that's the one imagine. that's the one that eric's just looking down going mm-hmm, yep that's mm. remember when we were sitting there listening to consider dead you know dude it's considered dead luke lemay it's like but, insane <clears throat> dude it's like that's my favorite part i think of this album is, is him being on it and then, he was so cool with the back and forth and 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 we gave him some patterns we said okay here's your patterns and he goes okay and he took our patterns and like luke-amized them luke, <laughs> luke lamade them luke lamade them dude and dude it, they're so cool and it's so signature him and and, and yeah. dude I, i'm getting to do dual vocals with luke lamay with george corpse grinder with um you know john gallagher i mean dude it's sick dude, dude it's, it's it, fucking yeah, it's, sick, dude. it's the most and, ambitious crossover event in metal history, dude. Dude, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't know it. We started like once we started getting the tracks back and listening to them. We're like, yeah, this is gonna be fucking big. It's gonna be awesome. It's you know, yeah. it's just it's cool because those are the vocalists that, like I say, Eric looked up to. He was a yep. huge look. I mean, loves Gorgas, love Luke. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Corpse Grinder. We did a tour with you know Cannibal back in the day and had a good you know relationship with them and i've known him forever and so it just made sense just to bring people in and try to get eric ruchan in there but you know he's yeah <laughs> he's a busy guy you know but that would have been cool because you know deeds did a tour with uh Hayden Turner, Turner, a couple yeah. of them yeah, yeah. yeah so but yeah it's it's just i'm just it's super excited I, I can't wait for people to hear this record and uh i think me people have been stoked on it for sure me too it, it brought me back to like gradually melted trading pieces days when you're just a little bit giddy about every song and you're like man this is turning out killer you know and and mike mike wrote like i'd say 75 percent of the lyrics on this album came from mike's brain i mean i did a lot a lot of tweaking and some rewrites and and some of my own stuff but he wrote a lot of this record and then he helped he helped me demo a lot of the record too we were going back and forth on vocal patterns like the whole time like he would record it his way. I would record it my way and we would interchange parts and yeah, like this part this way and this part this way. And so, I mean, we, it was a full team effort with me and yeah. Mike to, to get this album done. And I think that's why we're both so like happy about it. Cause it just, yeah. it, it feels like old, old school meets yeah. new school. Cause a lot of the music is new. The vocal patterns go a little bit back to the old stuff and it kind of meshes together like a whole new hybrid deeds, but it's deeds. It's yeah. like when you hear it, you'll know, oh dude, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a deeds album. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. pretty sick, dude. I'm pretty yeah. happy. And Jacoby killed it on sound rad, dude. Yeah, Jacoby killed it on vocals. It's like really on refreshing sure. to hear that, it's a dude. Very so strong good, single. Dude. Honestly, uh, like, alien, what is it called? Alien so what? Good. Alien Scourge. Dude, that's a strong, yeah. strong. That lyric video is dope too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, really we good. were we were pretty stoked about that. I mean, I was a little bit apprehensive because the lyrics don't quite go with the artwork, but dude, it looks sick as hell. It's 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 really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, we're happy with it. Yeah, for sure. Sweet dude. So, uh, I mean, what have we untouched anything yet? We've touched on anything. Have, is right, there anything, so Joseph? I had a question again about like 
you kind of asked about like what's like the most difficult song like you guys had to play like besides the ones that you didn't play live like what's the one that like when it came in the set you guys were just like all right dude here we go you know is there any are they're all I mean, uh, all I mean they're all pretty pretty techie like you know for the yeah. time period they're pretty pretty involved i would say this the stuff off inbreeding for me it's yeah, probably the most challenging, really, but I mean, because really. the way Brad, his style of drumming was so all different. over the top. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't exactly. play exactly the way he played. I kind of gave it a little more feel, but I still like played it, you know, pretty close to the way that, you know. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, you but those, really those I say the inbreeding stuff, just because it is so busy and just, yeah. it's just relentless. It just never stops. You know what I mean? It's like constant math and yep. constant tempo. But yeah, it's like tech in a different yeah. way. You yeah, know? infecting, it's infecting really them with falsehood. That one's I like playing that one. That one's killer. That's a fun song to play, but yeah. that was a hard one to play. So that yeah. was a hard, yeah, infecting I, them with falsehood for sure. It was like you're excited about it, but at the same time you're like, oh, dude, okay, we got to nail this. It's it's yeah. it's a hard song to get right, you know, especially guitar and drums. It was a, it was a hard song to play for sure. Yeah, I wish we would have played Ritual of Battle. I don't know if we ever played that one on tour. I don't. I don't, think don't, I ever, I don't, I don't remember. I like that song as well, Ritual yeah. Battle. Me too. Is that from Inbreeding? Yeah, Inbreeding. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, when I'm playing stuff that I've written, it's like, okay, yeah, this I, I wrote these parts. I know these parts. But when it comes to learning the other material, like, you know, especially the, the stuff that Brad did, those are probably the more challenging songs. And well, the, the stuff on Path, too, the Joey, because Joey's relentless as well. And he puts in the killer accents and just spots you wouldn't even think about. So weird timing yeah. changes, too. Time, yeah, for sure. Snare first. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of. Yeah, he did a lot of. Oh, that the, the snare that. Yeah, I remember that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it's basically the beat that Carnivorous Ways comes in on. It's pew 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 right. pew, yeah. pew pew. It's like exactly. backwards. It's a backwards. It's a backwards grind. Yeah, it's a backward grind. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's so backwards. Yeah, yeah. It's a left-handed. Well, this is this is. A, I don't think this is a fact that nobody really knows about. But Eric, Joey, and Jacoby were all born in the same week, so they got three Gemini's <laughs> writing fucking crazy ass music. Crazy. So that's that's yeah. That's why the music was so wild because you know, okay. split yeah. personality. <laughs> yeah, there's that's the, that's the say, room right there. Which one that is? I remember uh, cruising out to meet you guys to pick up merch with like Bill or matt or whatever and we would come out to you know like, like that that exit off of the 101 or whatever we yeah cruise out. we met you a bunch of times at that rehearsal studio you know but yeah. i remember one time i was like on a solo mission and i was like coming up from san diego and i was like driving up and then i was going back up to the bay and then like i had to go by eric's house and like went all the way out there and like met los Osos and, valley road yeah like that his yeah. in his driveway then he like gave me this like merch for decrepit or whatever it was yeah. it was funny <laughs> but yeah it's Interesting. I remember those days, man. And yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Those times. That was good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, dude. It's Cali Death for Life, dude. That's right. That's this is all about, dude. Yeah. Right. And yeah. uh, like I said, it's great to kick it off with you guys, dude, as as the forefront. I mean, yeah, to me, you guys, you guys were like the, the you were the front line to push Godfathers up to the top, dude. Yeah. yeah. Scourge was right behind you guys. We're gonna yeah, talk for sure. Right? We're gonna talk to Diego next week. Oh yeah. Uh get the Discord story. And yeah, dude, we're just gonna, you know, get as many of the, the homies together as we can, get everybody's story, and then if it yeah. keeps going, you know, we'll yeah. you guys are always welcome back of course absolutely yeah, yeah. like once i would say once you know the album's out and we can actually talk more about it then that'd be super a, down for that yeah, yeah that would be awesome yeah. i mean because there's a lot of stuff we can't really divulge right now because you know totally right yeah yeah but once it's out and we can talk about everything then we'll 
we'll be glad to come back and chat you up. Maybe we can get uh awesome, you know, get Ivan and Craig involved as well. That'd be cool. I Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're definitely they're... talked about Ivan because I yeah, I want, I want I want Ivan's story going all the way yeah. back to I think he was he was in a couple of bands before he started jamming with Carnivorous. So you can yeah. talk about those with him. I I yeah. Well, no, their presence on this new record is, you know, they, they yeah. did it's huge. It's amazing the work that they did and, you know, writing in the same vein that, you know, Eric wrote in on portals with Craig. And, you know, like I said, it's like Jacoby said, also, this is definitely, you listen to it, you hear the old deeds and you hear new deeds. It's cool. So mm -hmm. yeah, they, they, they actually did a lot of research going back to the old deeds albums to make sure that the writing style was, you know, in the same vein you know so um kudos to them dudes man they're yeah. they're rippers we're super stoked to have them yeah and i mean just with the four of us hanging out it feels like family you know so it's it's yeah. like uh i think that's what makes it fun again it's like when you get along with the guys in your band that well it's just it's easy yeah totally. for sure yeah and you, I'm, I'm taking it back to the tour thing real quick. You get to know people yeah. on a month is a very, very good amount of time to really get to know somebody. If you guys are out yeah. on the road, fucking yeah. off a gas yeah. station food and yeah. shit For and sure. in public toilets, you know, it's just like, you're yeah, once you, once you shut those, once you shut those door vans and you get, you know, the, the doors to the van, you got <laughs> yeah. seven hours to the next city. A lot can happen. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's weird as you get accustomed to it because there was yeah. one, there was one show on that bloodletting. I don't know if you guys remember, I wasn't there. I flew back. Colorado. I had, I had committed to being in my right. uncle's uh, wedding. So I missed oh, okay. one show. Odious did an instrumental set. And uh, those three days that I came back home i fucking felt weird dude yeah <laughs> turning back i'm turning back onto the road to get to my house I, I was like i don't feel like i'm supposed to be here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i flew back up to vancouver to meet up with you guys and as soon as i got into the stinky old fucking band with all these unwashed <laughs> men i'm like oh yeah this is where yeah. i'm supposed to be <laughs> i felt Listen, good man. i had a sigh of relief yeah. after, after i breathed in farts and <laughs> well you know touring's not for everybody you either got it in you or you don't and you know i've been i'm a lifer you know i've been doing it since i was probably like 20 freaking three or so so yeah it's you know especially during covid right now man it's like everybody that's has that lifestyle it's like just itching you know to get out there so mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy so we got to do something to get this shit back going again it's yeah i know it's crazy. like the dan you know was able to do that tour with suicide silence the streaming yeah. tour that i mean right. that's an idea that you know if people have the resources because they sure. had a stage that they could play on every right. night you know and yeah. they really did it right. They they played it live every night. They didn't record something and then, you know, call right. it a, a your live stream or whatever. So, but I mean, yeah, for smaller bands, it's like, it's just- Yeah, you gotta kind of reinvent, you know, cause it's, it's tough, you know, a lot of bands rely on that touring to pay bills and not every band, you know, has the luxury of doing a live stream thing like that. So it's kind of, you gotta invent new ways for, you know, to keep the band alive i know a lot of venues are closing a lot of bands are not a lot of bands but i'm sure there's bands that are quitting because they just can't afford you know to yeah. not that's their lifestyle but yeah hopefully it'll all get back to normal and uh, be able to get out there and you know yeah until then i yeah. hope everybody's taking the extra time to to get more creative and make yeah. more music and maybe 2021 is just going to be a shit ton of fucking yeah. musicians that have 
you know, got albums ready. Yeah. Well, with, with that awesome said, if it wasn't for morning. COVID, yeah, if it wasn't for COVID, it's kind of a double-edged sword for deeds, really, because if it wasn't for COVID, like, we wouldn't have the time to sit down and work on this record. So, I mean, you know, it's, a, like, it's a, a blessing and a curse at the same time, like, the rest of the world is suffering, but here we are, you know, and now we're forced to, like, okay, let's get this done, like we promised, because before we just so busy we didn't have time and we sat on it for like a year a year and yeah. every now and then me and jacoby like all right are we working on it yet uh yeah we probably should you know we probably should find out and then we just decided like okay this is the time we have yeah. the time now let's do it you know so yeah it was a blessing for sure and um, yeah you know so 2020 is a big old fat turd with a little Pink, uh, <laughs> pink sprinkle on top. Uh, full whipped cream, maybe. <laughs> you guys want to give like a shout out to any oh, anyone, anything, just uh, before the the episode ends? Yeah, me personally, I would just I'd like to thank all the you know the dedicated deed deeds fans that have been there for us throughout the years and you know supported us and uh, you know just uh, thank you for being fucking. The best fans in the world you know just supporting extreme metal and and also the outpour of uh you know love that we got when eric passed had been a lot so it was huge so we appreciate everybody that took the time to reach out to us and uh consult us during that time so it's awesome sure cool i uh, uh i personally would like to thank all the guys that helped us to like finish off this record i mean that was for them to come out and uh you know do the album you know pretty much do everything we asked him to do was pretty awesome and it's uh you know a testament to bro the brotherhood of death metal i guess uh, totally. so so they they came out for the fallen warrior you know and um it was pretty cool so yeah, yeah. yeah everybody kind of chipped in helped finish it off and it was mm. a cool deal so yeah that's the attitude i had dude i mean it, it that's exactly how i felt well, like Oh, the day ahead, it comes dude. out, I'm gonna smoke a fat bowl and listen to that, <laughs> and just and and it's gonna be a ride, dude. It's gonna be a roller coaster <laughs> yeah. ride for sure. Yeah. Through that space, so good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, thanks so much, dudes. That was super fun, super yeah. awesome getting to meet yeah, you guys, getting to hang out with you, getting to hear yeah. stories, and yeah. uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah we appreciate it. Guest. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Keep it going. It's no guys like you that just keep the scene alive and constantly pushing it. And uh, you know, yeah, yeah all you guys and I'm gonna shine mover. a light. Like, Love you guys, man. Yeah, respect. Just, oh yeah, me too. For sure. Definitely for sure. All right. And all you, all you fans out there, you can go pre-order Nucleus, the full merch bundle. We actually developed a Legion of Deeds bundle. You can go get that yeah. too and support the D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, uh, plugs on websites? We'll you throw it in the in social the, the YouTube. Yeah. Okay. It's it's yeah, all on uh, deedsoffleshmetal.com. We'll put links in the description. Yeah, yeah we, we we totally rebuilt the whole website. Everything's on there. There's a social media page with all the stuff on it. There's a, a link um, tree, a link tree page. You know, everything's there. So we've we've kind of revamped everything for deeds. And going forward, we're just gonna try to push as hard as we can. Yep. Fuck yeah awesome dude respect well, enough for you guys yeah thank oh, you yeah. thank you guys for uh, agreeing to do this dudes and it was really good seeing you guys i'm glad i got to see your beautiful faces for a <laughs> in years yep they've changed <laughs> gained, gained a couple pounds got a little gray but uh, hey, yeah but, but I, I can only see your shoulders so i don't know yeah. about the poundage it's all good yeah yeah I've been working even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't even have any pants on so it's chill dude that's yeah, cool <laughs>
We believe you. We trust you. You don't have to stand up. <laughs> Hopefully, well, Diego right on, brings dude. me out on tour and I can fucking Hell yeah. play a show with you guys. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, dude, dude. Good luck with that material and, uh, you know, push yourself to, to get it under your belt. And, uh, you know, you got some work cut out for you, but I guarantee you, when it's all said and done, and you got all those songs down, you're playing it live, and you'll be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good right to see on. you guys. All right, gentlemen. All right. Well, thank you, you so much. Have a good night. Time. Yep. Good uh, luck with the podcast was, and have yeah, a song. This again. was a Cali Death podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Six. Respect. Right Peace. See you guys. <laughs>